0: So, we continue the series on the parables of Jesus. Last week, I looked at two parables in one message, when I looked at the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. Today, I'm going to look at another two parables in one, and then also look at a third parable. That might sound like a lot, but it's not. They're short verses, and uh, as we read through them, you'll see why I can do all three of these today. Now, these three parables are quite unique. Because as you might recall, when I began the series, I said that Jesus only spoke in parables when he was addressing the crowds, but not to his disciples. Now, that's not totally true. It's not totally correct, because the parables we're going to look at today were not spoken to the crowds. They were spoken to Jesus' disciples. It was after they had left the crowd. And they were inside the house to get away from the crowds that Jesus then spoke to his disciples. It says, then he left the crowd and went into the house in Matthew 13, 36a, the beginning of it. So what are the parables that I'm looking at today? I'm continuing Matthew's gospel, getting towards the end of chapter 13. We'll actually read to the end of it. I'm beginning with the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. Then we'll look at the parable of the net. Once again, they're very short parables, but there's a fair bit in them for us to learn and to be able to live out. So let's read the first two parables. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to be reading verses 44 to 46, or the verses will be up on the screen. So you can see, You can either see it here, or you can look at your version on, on your Bible. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. In the field, there is hidden treasure. Have you ever come across a hidden treasure that you are not intentionally looking for. Now it might be a restaurant that you go to that doesn't look great on the outside, there aren't any outstanding reviews about it, but you have an experience that is far beyond your expectations. The atmosphere, the service, the quality of the food are all wonderful and great and great value for money. And you just have this wonderful time, a real gem when you weren't expecting something like that. Now, Jill and I experienced that recently when we were away on a mini-break. We found a Greek restaurant that was nothing special to look look at from the outside, uh, but on the inside, it had an old-world Greek taverna charm about it. Um, The decor was simple, yet effective. The service was wonderful, and the food was amazing. I mean, we were just blown away by it. It was a little gem in the midst of the town, and if we were ever to go back to that town, we would definitely go and have a meal there. It was one of those. It was a real gem that we found in the middle of this, of this town. Now, there are other types of treasures to be found too, <clears throat> such as an unusual holiday destination that you just took a chance on, and it turns out to be a real treasure, or a good book that you pick up in a shop and uh, just find it's an amazing story or a song or an album that you come across unexpectedly. Now, these are treasures that do not have great monetary value, but there are things that bless you and you treasure them because of their blessings. And then there are the treasures that have a monetary value, the treasures from antiquity that have been lost for years, decades, and even centuries, and that by chance are found. And this is what Jesus is comparing the kingdom of heaven to like. Not the little unexpected little things that we find, but actually really valuable treasures. And they are found unexpectedly and unintentionally. The man that Jesus is talking about unexpectedly comes across this treasure. He wasn't out searching for it when he came across it. And that's very much how I came to faith. I wasn't searching for God. Or on a spiritual journey I was pursuing a young lady who happened to be a Christian and she invited me to go to church with her I'd heard about the church um, that she invited me to but I was more interested in her than about the church uh, but when I got there God got hold of me not the first time not the second time but actually the third meeting that we went to, the third Sunday that I went along and um, that God just got hold of me, and he revealed his love for me and showed me that the burdens and the hurts that I'd been carrying around since my father's sudden death were burdens and hurts that I could lay down at the foot of the cross and let Jesus deal with them. He had already paid the price. All I needed to do was surrender to him, which I did that evening. I found that treasure, or actually that treasure found me. Jesus found me and took hold of me, and I surrendered my all to him. He took away my burdens and my hurts, and a bonus on it was that I immediately stopped swearing. God took that away from me without me even asking. Now, many people come to faith in this way. They suddenly experience the presence of God with his love, his joy, his peace, in a situation, and then realize that they are not worthy of any of that, but still surrender their lives to Him. It's a sudden thing, that God takes hold of them, gets hold of them, and turns them around and blesses them. And then there are people who are actively searching for more in life than what they're currently experiencing. They know that there's something, but they're not sure what that something is. They know it's something precious, something of great value, like a fine pearl, but they don't know where it is. They are searching, looking in different places, trying different experiences, searching but never finding. There are many people like this in the world today. Maybe some of you were like that, knowing that there was something missing in your life, but you didn't know what it was. ...or where to find it... ...until you met Jesus Christ... ...then you knew... ...what was missing... ...in your life... ...these people will continue... ...searching until... ...they find Jesus Christ... ...and they'll never be satisfied... ...until they meet him... ...and surrender their all to him... ...one of the church leaders that we knew... ...when we were in South Africa... ...it was actually a Kiwi, a New Zealander... ...who had ended up in South Africa... He left New Zealand searching. He knew there was more to life than what he was experiencing there. And he went off to India. He was going up this mountain to go and seek this guru. He wanted to go and find the meaning of life. And he had heard about this guru that was up this mountain in India. And um, he was climbing up this mountain, going to go and find this guru. And he stopped <clears throat> to have a break and get water to drink out of his backpack and to get some food. And when he opened up his backpack, there was a little Gideon's Bible that fell out. That I think his mom had given to him before he left. And uh, that fell out. And he sat down there while he was having a break. He opened the Bible and he started reading. And he encountered Jesus on the side of that, that mountain. He was searching. when God got hold of him. He surrendered his life to Jesus. Became a Christian. Never went any further up the mountain to find the guru, and then came back down, and ended up in South Africa, married a lovely young lady there, and then a number of years later, just felt God's call to go back to India, to go and church plant, and he went back into the area where he got saved, and just some phenomenal stories of what God did with him, did with the family there in India, they're still in India, so serving the Lord, and uh, it's just amazing, like he was searching, he was searching and God got hold of him on the side of the mountain when he was looking for a guru, and it came in the form of a little Gideon's Bible. As believers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we carry that treasure with us wherever we go, and we have the opportunity to reveal it to those who are not disciples, whether they are actively seeking or not. If they're just passively going through life, we can reveal that treasure, that pearl of great price to these people. We have the Holy Spirit within us to show us how to go about it, can lead us and guide us how to be the one who can reveal the presence of God to them. We just need to be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. That's why it's one of the things we pray for each week, for the Holy Spirit to lead us when we're encountering other people. So whether people are seeking or not, let us live lives that reveal the treasure, the pearl of great price, the love of Jesus Christ to them always. Now the second portion of scripture we're going to look at follows straight on from what we read previously. It says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad ones away. <coughs> Excuse me. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, 47 to 50. Fishing was so close to the heart of several of Jesus' disciples. And fishing with a net was something they were very familiar with. Now in this country, it's only some of the the commercial fishermen along the coastline of, of this nation that would be familiar with fishing with nets. The many anglers in this nation normally fish in rivers, dams, and lakes, use rods, reel, and line. They don't use nets. Now don't think that they would use a net in the fashion that the fishermen, like the disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and Don, John would have done. They were fishermen that that Jesus called, and they laid down their nets and followed him. Now, when you fish with a net in the fashion that the disciples did, that net was pulled up onto the shore. And uh, on the shore, they would then sort out the fish, the good from the bad. The good ones would go into the baskets. The bad ones would get either thrown back in if they were still alive, or just get thrown away. And what distinguished the good from the bad was what the, the law uh, that God had given them about the fish, whether they had scales or didn't have scales, fins, and that so that was what made it a good or bad fish. Um, so it was they separated them. What was what they could eat, what they weren't allowed to eat. That was the good and the bad fish for them, somewhere unclean under the law. Now this parable is fairly self-explanatory. At the end, there will be, at the end of time, there will be a separation between the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ, and those who have rejected Jesus Christ, those called the wicked in Scripture, or the unrighteous, and they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now this is not something for us as disciples of Jesus Christ to gloat over. Not at all. This should break our hearts. This should tear at the very fabric of of our beings, that there will be people going to hell. That is what it should be doing to us. We should be so broken by that, that people are going to hell. It's not that, yes, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. That's great. Yes, that's wonderful. But what about those that don't know Jesus? That's why God has put a shell on the earth, to reveal the love of Jesus to those who don't know him. God does not want this to happen. He tells us so in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The end times are coming, and we are living in the end times. We have been for a long time. We don't know how long they're going to be, but we are living in the end times. And we, as the disciples of Jesus Christ, have a responsibility to those who are not disciples, those who are perishing. We have to show them the treasure that there is to be found in the love of God and living a life as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus actually finishes off these parables with instructing, instructions for his disciples to do this. Let's read the final portion of the scripture from verse 51. It says, Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Matthew 13, 51-52 Every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Have you been instructed about the kingdom of heaven? If yes, then you have a responsibility to bring out the new and old treasures of from the storeroom that you have within you and reveal them to those who are not disciples of Jesus Christ. Can you do that? Can you share the truth and the love of Jesus with those who do not know him? Have you been filling your storeroom with the treasures that God has provided for us in his word and in being in his presence, and being in the presence of other believers? If your storeroom is lacking treasure and you're not sure how to fill it, then ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need. And also speak to myself or one of the leaders about it. And we can pray with you. We can help you. We can guide you. We can direct you. We can show you how to fill up that storeroom so you can bring out old and new treasures. God wants us to be those who carry his treasures within us and share it with those who do not know him. Amen. Amen. Okay, discussion questions for you to chat about, and we don't have our favorite one up first, believe it or not. Number one, why do you think Jesus spoke these parables to his disciples? Number two, how did you come to faith? Share with your group. Keep it short, okay? Um, We've got sort of limited time, but we've got a fair bit of time, but it's limited, keep it short. And then three, three, do you know people who are not disciples of Jesus Christ? How are you reaching out to them? And then fourthly, pray for one another. Pray for guidance, pray for leading, pray for how you can reach out to others. So those are the four, four discussion questions, three discussion questions, and the fourth is instruction of something to do.